This is the Slant Go. Welcome. We uh, recently started advertising. <laughs> oh, you want to start there? Okay. Yeah, I'm taking it there right now on uh, Overcast, which is a podcasting app. So we put in a little cash and we um, supposedly have three new subscribers, thus quadrupling the number of subscribers that we have. <laughs> I'm ready to retire. I, I know. About time. The ad uh, revenue is going to be through the roof. We don't advertise, but it's it's going to be through. It might not even be through like a gingerbread house roof. <laughs> it's going to be through a yeah. I I have nothing anyway. But <laughs> um, it's exciting. At least yeah. for this episode, we'll have maybe three more people listening than normal. So I mean, Craig and whoever those other three people are. There's no looking back now. And thanks, thanks. <laughs> I guess. Most of all, thanks to Craig for clearly making uh, at least two other uh, accounts to uh, subscribe <laughs> with. We appreciate the effort, man. As long yeah. as he listens three times, I think it's it's fine. Uh, just download. I don't even, you know. Doesn't sure, matter. doesn't have to listen. Yeah, just download. Yeah, yeah. That makes sense. That's what uh, that's what the more established podcasts say, anyway. <laughs> I feel like we have to step up our game though, because we now have four listeners. Hmm. Maybe not. I don't know. That's it's not that. I much. mean, they're all if they're all Craig, like I'm like I'm theorizing oh, here. Then true. then really the expectations couldn't be lower, which is which is good. <laughs> that that helps us, I think. <laughs> um, hey, before we get into uh, NFL and the, yeah. the playoffs, yeah, can we just talk about the Alabama Clemson game for a second? Sure, sure. I mean, what? Uh, Holy hell! Yeah, and you know when you got two undefeated teams, um, both of whom have been, you know the premier teams in college football for a while, you expect, okay, well, as majoritively, you know, pro football fans like we are, okay, well, the the main draw of this is like, who's going to be in the draft and who's going to do this and that. By the end of the game, we're talking about, you know, guys that aren't going to be in the draft for two years um, as like the main the main show, like the main, you know, the show stoppers, if you will. Yeah, that rookie receiver and the, the quarterback too, right? Yeah, yeah. These guys, these guys were um, – well, I think I saw a tweet that said they were like seven or eight months removed from senior prom. Yeah. And now they're <laughs> balling out on the national stage. Yeah. Uh, crazy. Um, you know, Clemson has quietly turned into this like wide receiver factory um, mm-hmm. for, you know, going down the ri- going down the list of some of the guys that helped get to, uh, uh, to the next level. Um, and then obviously quarterback, no shortage. I mean, we just saw Deshaun Watson the other day. Um, but this this guy, this Lawrence, you know, um, for a true freshman, um, if he could just, I don't know, improve the slightest way um, in any kind of capacity, I mean, he's it's his job to lose in terms of be the number one pick uh, when he's when he's ready. Mm-hmm. Um, quarterback as it is is already such an elevated position when you got new blood like this that. You know, he's young, he can scramble, he's athletic. Um, he, I mean, he did miss some throws. He is human, but he looked like he can make all of the NFL, like, type of throws. Uh, well, that was something that struck me. It was actually both quarterbacks, the actual, the accuracy, the downfield accuracy. Yeah. You know, even yeah. though, there, you know, Tua had a couple picks and stuff, but he also had some amazing downfield throws, six, you know, 40, 50, 60-yard throws that were on yeah. Yeah, and Tua's accuracy in particular is one of the things that people have been, you know, like truly, you know, there's there's no there's no shortage of of descriptors for it. Like he he can drop it in a bucket down the field. Um, 
he's got that nice kind of lofty throw too, where it's like guys can really get out get under it. Mm-hmm. Um, it hangs up in the air long enough, all that stuff. Um, and you know, all things considered, yeah, he got he got a bit rattled. This is the best D line, you know, maybe in the country. I mean, they're going to have three guys potentially go in the first round, mm-hmm. um, and you know, other people in their front seven are going to probably end up getting drafted too. So. It's it's the same old thing, you know. You can be as accurate as you want and as athletic as you want. When you're getting ends uh, crashing down on you mm-hmm. before you hit your last step, I mean, it's the equalizer. Yeah. Um. Yeah. It was it was fun to watch. I before the game, I asked you about predictions, and I was I just assumed that Alabama would like maybe they weren't going to blow them out, but that they were going to clearly kind of dominate the game. Yeah. And I was I was wrong. I mean, the way the game started, you thought, okay, well, it's going to be a track meet. And, I mean, I don't know that, yeah. who that favors really. Like, Alabama's got studs all over, you know, both sides of the ball. And the the knock on Alabama in years past had been that, oh, well, they've got all these monsters on the in the trenches. They've got running backs that are huge. They've got, you know, elite receivers from time to time. They've got, like, all these great skill positions. But, man, they just can't seem to find, like, anything better than, like, a a college game manager kind of quarterback. Mm-hmm. And when Tua came in and just stole the show during last year's um, uh, national championship game, they're thinking, oh, shit, Alabama yeah. has a quarterback now. This is yeah. bad news. And yeah. sure enough, he didn't play in a lot of fourth quarters this game this year. Mm-hmm. Like, he was chilling because they were crushing people. Yeah. So it's part that they played against a team that's, you know, at least equal um, in terms of athleticism and, and, and just raw athletes that they have on their team. But they also had that going for them, as Clemson did, which was like, hey, if we get to him, he hasn't had to deal with a lot of adversity outside of being, you know, kind of banged up. That's mm-hmm. That's been the toughest thing for two all year. So it's kind of crazy to see. Um, and in the beginning, it looked like, hey, it's just going to be um, a sprint. And let's see who has the ball yeah. last. Yeah, yeah. And Clemson just kind of kept rolling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was fun. It was a fun game to watch. Yeah. I was glad and, I watched it. Interesting to see the the sort of is it really the balance of power shifting or is it just you know you know Alabama going like we know we'll be back next year all we do is like recruit monsters and we'll lose some to the draft and we have guys behind them that are ready to be monsters mm-hmm. and we'll be back next year see you in a bit you know versus Clemson saying like hey we're not going anywhere we've we've mm-hmm. taken two championships uh, against Alabama now mm-hmm. got a like we said, true freshman corner uh, cornerstone, uh, and, and both the receiver and and uh, and quarterback. So, mm-hmm. be interesting to see what Clemson does next year. Like, are they well, are they the new powerhouse? Yeah, because both of these uh, senior classes for the two schools at this point won fifty five games. Yeah. Like they're that that closely matched. I don't know if you saw yeah. that stat during the game. Yeah, yeah. Where it was fifty four fifty five, but then Clemson won, so it kind of evened it up. Um, so both those franchises have been doing it for at least three years, you know, mm-hmm. four, mm-hmm. not four years. Yeah. Uh, franchises, schools. They might as well be. I mean, that's true. <laughs> they're basically, if only we had Paul here to talk about their, their, uh, their farm systems. Yeah. Uh, Minor league football. Yeah. Yeah. And not paid for it. Anyway, yeah. that's a, that's another that's a whole, whole topic. other topic. We need, we need Paul for, we need Paul for that. That's true. Um, but, that. but this kid, this kid Lawrence is, you know, maybe the best example of it right now, right. Where mm-hmm. it's like, why shouldn't he be able to go pro? I mean, mm-hmm. you know, like other than the obvious, the rules are obviously what's preventing him, but it's like, really, why shouldn't he? He yeah. just went and balled out all year, 
played the best national championship game that maybe he could have um, outside of like, you know, putting up maybe more gaudy numbers. He still had a very good game, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, why shouldn't he be able to, you know, but yep. the rules are what they are. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Um, all right. Should we turn our t- attention to the NFL? Sure. I guess there's some stuff we can touch on there. I don't know. Uh, not a whole what lot. Was the, um, oh, okay. You know, the, the line going into this last weekend was a total of 11 points uh, difference between the teams. Am I saying that right? You know, the over-under was a total of 11 points. Cumulatively, it was 11? Yeah. Wow. Okay. Um, it actually turned out to be more than that. But if, if it wasn't for, the, for Indy kind of uh, dominating Houston so bad, it, was, yeah. it would have been close. Yeah. Every like, game oh, was kind of there. Yeah, pretty tight games. Um, you know. Of course, I'm sad my, my Seahawks didn't didn't prevail. Um, that's the one prediction. Uh, no, wait. You picked the Seahawks, right? That's the one you got wrong. I actually got every single pick wrong. <laughs> Let's not start with what you got wrong. No, um, And the national championship game. I called that wrong, too. I, I just shouldn't. You should be a bookie. I should be like, I should, I don't know. Be on a well, you know what they say. Like, it's easy to get the <laughs> picks to get the picks right and um, be able to like enjoy it when there's no money on the line. You put money on the line, and all of a sudden everything changes, right? Yeah. So um, all of a sudden know. I start getting them all right. Is that what you're saying? All, exactly. That's what I'm saying. Right. You're, you, I got to you start putting on, money down. You, you thrive on pressure, and uh-huh. uh, I uh, <laughs> I thrive on you know just. If there's no money, I don't even care. And I just say, all right, whoever, they're, they're going to win, they're going to win, whatever. And then I end up being right. I don't know. It's, it's terrible. So, despite um, the you – know, like you called every game except for the Seattle game, and I don't think – you said that one was going to be close. Were there any surprises out of last weekend for you? Um, I'd say it's more like you kind of touched on it of the, the manner in which uh, Indy won. Um, you know, Houston was one of the better run defenses uh, throughout most of the year. So while I did pick Indy to win, I felt like they had the formula. Um, I didn't think they would just win it dominating, you know, the way they did on the ground. Um, and uh, the first couple of drives that Indy had it, I mean, luck wasn't getting touched. And, yeah. I mean, they were just – it was pitch and catch. Mm-hmm. So I'd say the way they came out and, and showed that – was um, not something that they're incapable of. I just didn't think they were going to do that right away out of the gate against Houston. I thought there'd be a little bit more back and forth. Mm-hmm. And at the course of the game, it unfolds. They maybe would be able to take some deep shots or whatever. But, I mean, they were in charge of that game pretty mm-hmm. much the whole way. Um, but the rest of it, I mean, kind of the reason I was feeling that, you know, that the uh, – well, they, I mean, I was I was wrong about the the Seattle Dallas matchup mainly just because I thought the um, the uh, uh, the experience factor would would come into play, um, and you know, not just with the players in Seattle, but I figured the coaching, um, you know, with the the coordinators and everything like that. But uh, the weird thing about that game was just, I mean, I get it. You you do you know what's what's the saying? You you um, you know. The what gets you to the dance is, is mm-hmm. you know, who you dance with. Um, so the running game, like I get that. That was what they were trying to establish in that Seattle game. But clearly Dallas was like, we're not going to let you run. So mm-hmm. do yeah. something else. And you would think that in kind of more classic Seattle fashion, 
that's when they'd be like, ah, we were waiting for that. Now we're going to play action and Russell's going to run around and it's the same old Seattle style win, right? I feel like they waited as long as possible to go into like real attack mode. Yeah. And, and aside from getting a real solid drive where even on the ground they were making it work, they're using the zone read, they're using a couple of things and they were able to really kind of get going. It seems like they just waited as long as possible to start just finally attacking downfield and um, really getting some of those splash plays that they normally do. Yeah, I was a, as a Seattle fan, I have to say I was pretty frustrated with that. Like when it was clear, I mean, you know, I, the you know the front three, like the kind of the interior linemen for Dallas, are so athletic. They were yeah. just penetrating. They were shooting gaps. Yeah, and they were just trying to run it up in the middle, and it's just like, well. Yeah. Just do something else to open that back up. Like, come back to it. Right. Like, you know, run some screens. Like, um, you know, you know, run wide. I mean, it's like do yeah. something, anything else to kind of open that up and then come back to running up the middle. But, um, yeah, just like time and again, just losing two yards or three yards. Yeah. It's like, that's, you're just like, you're, you know, you're wasting drives, basically. Yeah, and you got, you know, you got DeMarcus Lawrence up there who's obviously like, you know, he's uh, – you know, the known commodity at end, but you've got such athleticism at linebacker for, for Dallas with mm-hmm. Van Der Esch and, and, uh, and uh, uh, Jalen Smith. So it's like, I, I don't know. I would, I would be trying to get those guys going East and West a little bit, whether it's with motions or with, mm-hmm. um, you know, jet sweeps or something to try and get them going East and West and then try and pass it behind them at some point. Yeah. Um, or, you know, I mean, like we just, like I said, the zone read was working for a bit because you now uh demarcus lawrence can't just like go full speed ahead he has to be flat-footed a little bit you know maintain an area set an edge and and not get like out of position so i think that's why it started to work um for the 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 little bit that it did Mm -hmm. but i would have just thought that you know like with with lockett with baldwin with you know any of the number of tight ends that they use like you i just would have thought more more bootlegs, more rollouts, more mm-hmm. even more RPOs. Something to just put the pressure on on the the front seven of Dallas yeah. to to stop them from just going like just full steam ahead uh, all the, the the whole game. I think it was, it was too predictable. Like when yeah. whenever Carson was in, they ran up the middle and yep. Dallas stuffed it. When they didn't actually play Mike Davis very much, um, yeah. But you know, like when he was in. They did, you know, the defense had to think about it. Like, they, you know, right. he could either come out of the backfield and catch a catch ball right. or, you know, run a sweep or, you know, like he is a little more versatile or something. Yeah. Um, I love Carson as a player, and I, he's had a great season. But, you know, when he was in there, they just – they had – they did a good job of studying the tape or something. They just knew exactly what Seattle was going to do. And it was almost like, you know, it's you get caught up in this – in the playoffs, I think, really easily where it's like, well – this is what got us here, right? Pounding yeah. the rock and, and, and controlling the clock and doing all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And Carson's clearly like been the benefactor of that. And, and, you know, he's helped, he's what's helped make the whole run game work. So you're like, Oh, well, we're staying committed to it. We're not going to, we're not going to deviate from our plan, what have you. Mm-hmm. And Schottenheimer, um, uh, Brian Schottenheimer is known for being like a truly heavy run scheme, like run, mm-hmm. run, 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 run. But you just, I don't know. Just, just really surprised that it didn't turn into more of like, okay, well, now we stretch it out. Um, now we do this and now we do that. Because Baldwin one-on-one, Lockett one-on-one. I mean, mm-hmm. Lockett had a good game, you mm-hmm. know, um, getting getting kind of big chunk after big chunk. But it wasn't like they – it was almost like they forgot about him after a while. 
Yeah, I, I don't, I don't know. Like, I, not to project too far in the future, but you know, I, I love Baldwin and Lockett, but they, yeah. a lot of their catches are they have guys draped on them when they catch these balls, and I'm always yeah. kind of surprised. You know, it's like a combination of Russell's accuracy and those. You know, they just have great hands, yeah. but they're not getting any separation. I think yeah. they really need somebody who can who can actually get open to really open yeah. offense. Yeah, and I, I think. Um, you know, they let him go in the offseason, and you, it's, it's impossible to keep everybody, you know, whatever that, that you try to. But, you know, like the, the Paul Richardson factor probably would have been huge this game if he was still around. Mm-hmm. Um, just because that's ex- – I think that's exactly who you're describing. is like the burner that can just, like, you know, mm-hmm. just blast down the field. Um, and, you know, you make a good point with, with Baldwin and Lachlan and the types of catches they make. Um, in my years of trying to not sound like a – like a complete, like, um, cynical, uh, <laughs> opposing NFC West team fan. Right. Uh, you know, um, some of my criticisms of, of the, the love that Russell gets, which, you know, obviously he should get plenty of love, but I, I, a lot of the, my criticism has been based on like, look at the catches that Baldwin makes for him, like mm-hmm. on the sideline, um lock it on the sideline like these guys that make like these crazy catches and those big splash plays are what like really breaks defenses backs right Mm -hmm. it's it's russell's ability to buy time and then find someone down the field but those catches end up being like these crazy you know highlight reel catches so Mm -hmm. it's it's kind of the same old thing where it's like okay well it's not getting there if russell doesn't do what he does but it's also not getting caught if those other guys don't do what they do so Mm -hmm. um you know uh, you gotta you gotta respect the guys that can just make that happen for him. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. So we've got who we have left. We have this coming weekend. We got Indy versus KC. We got the Chargers versus the New England team, Craig's team. We have Philadelphia, New Orleans, and we have uh, Rams, Dallas. Now I, you know. In my research for this episode, I uh, I went and asked Val what she thought. Yeah, <clears throat> and uh, Smart. her um, answers, while seemingly random, mm-hmm. <laughs> imagine that she, she's like, "Well, New England wins all the time," and then mm-hmm. I like New Orleans. I assume she meant as a city. Mm-hmm. So she had the two of them progressing to the Super Bowl. Okay, um, but you think about it, like if if the if what gets you to the Super Bowl is having the best coach and quarterback combo. Mm-hmm. She's not wrong. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Like, yeah. Who's going to argue against Brady Belichick and Peyton Breeze? Yeah. And when it comes down to it, you're talking about like, you know, singular matchups that like Brady and Belichick have always managed to be on top of, you know, whether it's attacking a defense a certain way, whether it's neutralizing a opposing player on the other team, you know, something like that. I just think, um, the Chargers are that type of team that could stroll in and, you know, I mean, their defense clearly gets after you. Like mm-hmm. the, the reason I was, um, the reason I was confident in the Chargers beating the Ravens was cause I was like, well, as electric as Lamar Jackson can be with his legs and he can usually do, maybe he can do just enough with his arm. Um, you know, I looked back at the defenses he played against and I was like, he hasn't played against the defense as good as the Chargers. Like mm-hmm. they got they got great pass rushers up front. They've got um, all world safety, and they kind of just they make you earn everything, you know, mm-hmm. um, a lot of the time. But flash forward to now, 
um, going up against the Patriots. I'm like, well, unless Bosa has like an all world type of game where he's harassing Brady all the time, mm-hmm. inevitably the Patriots are going to get their matchups that they want, whatever that may be, whether it's Edelman on this corner, whether it's Gronk creating space for someone else, whatever, Sony Michelle, James White, you don't know. It's someone else kind of every game for them in the yeah. playoffs. So it's, yeah, it's, it's also the Patriots, you know, at home. Like when, do, I know, I when know. do they lose there? They rarely it's, lose there, if ever. It's hard. It's really hard to bet against them. But I think that this, is a, this is a big test. This might even yeah. be a bigger test. Well, I guess if they end up playing KC, they'll have to go to Kansas City to do it. So, yeah. you know, this is, this is going to be a tough test. Because yeah. what I saw um, the Chargers doing, and by the way, you know, I, I got every pick wrong, but I wasn't mm-hmm. wrong about why, why teams were going to win. <laughs> I said it was going to be running – Running games and defense. Yeah. Win the weekend. Yeah. I just picked the wrong teams to do it. You know, and I was actually like. <laughs> right formula. A little, you, a little, you, little detail. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, whatever. You know, the Chargers actually, their defense, I think, yeah. you know, is what won that game. They, yeah. they were penetrating up the middle. And I think that's the yeah. thing that's really going to rattle Brady. Yeah. Um, if they can do that, you know, if they can, if the Patriots find some way to neutralize that. Yeah. Brady can kind of stand in there for, you know, three seconds, a snap or something. Yeah. I think, you know, New England will probably win, but. I just think that the Chargers defense, they have the rookie all pro. Um, yep. You know, I, mean, I think they, they're actually, it might be their defense that kind of carries them through this game. Yeah. I think it's going to, they're going to need to take the ball away the way that, that maybe, I mean, obviously taking it away as much as they did against the Ravens helps you any game, but yeah. if you're able to take it away even twice instead of four times, like they did, yeah. um, you know, that could be enough for the difference, right? Cause mm-hmm. you're taking points off the board and it also means you're getting to Brady in some facet, mm-hmm. right? Um, <clears throat> I think uh, for them to win a game against the Ravens like they did where it was like, you know, so heavily reliant on defense and, and their, their kicker, I, I don't think they'll win in Foxborough like that. Yes, defense will be a huge part of it, but they've got to score more points than, than they did and, and more, more touchdowns. Um, Melvin Gordon seems banged up um, even more so than, than he might have been right in the beginning of the game got banged up again during the game and I don't think he's going to be effective enough or, or his usual self for them to get the, like that's, he's the difference between them getting touchdowns and field goals. Mm-hmm. Like his ability in the red zone is kind of the deciding factor there. Right. Cause yeah. he can catch the ball so well, he can run it like a, you know, like an absolute monster and um, you know, you're getting touchdowns with him more often than not. Mm-hmm. So I kind of feel like there's just a little bit, there's a little bit too much against going against the Chargers here than than maybe you know I want to I want there to be like I want I want yeah. someone to knock knock New England off their their pedestal right but I don't know if it's going to be the Chargers this week um, mm-hmm. I think Rivers will play fine I don't think it'll be a a, a like he'll be the issue I yeah. think it'll literally just be like you know the usual way the Patriots just kind of grind out a win over the course of the game All right so you're picking the picking the Pats in that game. Yeah. Who do you got in KC Indy? Because I know that you oh, love man. Andrew Luck. I, I want you, to you pick probably, the Colts. You, I think your beard, you kind of emulate your, your beard after his, right? I'm trying to sound like him too. Um, <laughs> he constantly sounds like he's like trying to eat his way through a peanut butter sandwich with no milk. That's, that's how he sounds all the time. I was going to try to empty him, but I can't do it. <laughs> no, you can't. No one can. I don't know what he sounds like. You know, it's I'm just sorry. weird. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. yeah, see, it turns into Kermit real quick. You don't uh, know what's going on. Uh, um, but 
uh, yeah, no, 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 uh, no surprise to anyone. I'm a huge Andrew Luck fan. Um, and I think that oh, finally the Colts are doing what people have been saying, like, oh, just you can't have him getting killed out there. <laughs> like, right, right. you know, and instead they went from, I think he got sacked 48 times. Were they allowed 48 sacks last year? Last year? Maybe 58, thought- something like that. Some some Might crazy more, yeah. some some high number right, mm-hmm. and this year they allowed like eighteen, like it's, you any, know. actually any not any, but there are, there are several NFL quarterbacks who if they only got sacked eighteen times are yeah. gonna have a really good season. Yeah. Meanwhile, you've got one that like you know can put the ball anywhere um, yeah. and doesn't get rattled. You know, normally mm-hmm. like he'll throw a pick, he'll come out the Three next drive, can go to the second yeah. for, you know progressions, all that stuff. And and they've got enough elements to the offense where like they can they can beat you a couple different ways. If Marlon Max running the way he is, mm-hmm. or the running the way he did, I, I do give Indy a good chance in this. And because it's against KC with that defense, if you have the ball last, there's a chance, right? Yeah. But all things considered, I do think um, while I, while I I wouldn't entirely be that surprised if the Colts won. I, I really wouldn't because mm-hmm. the way their defense is playing is like. You know, we could we could talk about it for a whole episode. I mean, they've got they've got guys just like like totally swarming to the ball, um, playing super fast. Mm-hmm. They've got the leading tackler at their linebacker spot, a rookie who's awesome. Um, you know, maybe they take the ball away and get some points out of it, or or, or take points off the board. But overall, um, I think uh, I think I think I'm picking the home team um, again here, uh, just because. I think Casey's been waiting. They, they're, they know that. Yeah, Indy's got a better defense, but they're gonna, they're gonna have some other ways. They're just so versatile on offense. Like, mm-hmm. okay, you've got this all-world linebacker that's tackling everything. Well, he's got to go chase Travis Kelsey around, mm-hmm. or he's got to go like get caught in a in a zone read or RPO with Mahomes, or hey, just freeze him for a second and Tyree kills down the field. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just just too much um, yeah. for even a very good defense like Indy's to um to to be able to just like nullify so i think i think the chiefs end up winning it i don't i don't think it's it's one of those barn burner type of games but mm-hmm. i think there will be plenty of points um yeah, throughout me, the game for me it's uh, it comes down to two things for kc i think they're in control of their destiny if yeah. they are if they're healthy and i don't know how healthy are they are like yeah. is tyreek's heel is it okay right like, Right. You know, like if he's able to stretch the field, if, you know, if they're basically, if they're generally fairly healthy and yeah. then what time is it, Andy? You know, the, like the Andy Reid factor choking in the playoffs. Like those are the two things to me. Like if they're That's healthy true. and That's Andy true. doesn't make some boneheaded mistake, I think that yeah. they, you know. Yeah. The last time we played the Colts, uh, uh, Alex Smith played a tremendous game for the Chiefs, like uh, awesome, awesome game. And their defense just couldn't stop the Colts enough, and the Colts had the ball last, and they won. Mm-hmm. Like, and they, you know, they had that get that ends up coming down on on, um, you know, whatever people might have said about Alex Smith or what people continue to say maybe about Andy Reid. But mm-hmm. you know, there's there's a factor there. I will say this: the the reason I wouldn't be that surprised if the Colts win either is um, they've got a great play caller on their side too, mm-hmm. and he's kind of like. He's definitely hitting his stride in terms of like getting this. This offense is really humming. Mm-hmm. Um, also, the Colts are that type of team that they don't care if they're home or away. Like their yeah. their game script doesn't change. They play the same way. And you know, um, we always talk about winning in the trenches and winning the turnover battle and several key factors that usually translate to a win. Third down is usually a very big one. 
Mm-hmm. And Indy's the best third down team in football. Mm-hmm. They they convert at a higher percentage than everybody else. So, yeah. I mean, there's plenty of stuff there to like. And I I think Indy, of the teams left in the playoffs, that could beat the Chiefs straight up. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think Indy can do it. I just I just think inevitably that the Chiefs end up being a little too much. Yeah. Yeah, I think they just, they're just – you know, if the teams are fairly evenly matched, I think KC just has – they're just deeper, like they're yeah. just better, they're more talented, you know. Yeah. Um, there's something a little kind of special about the Andrew Luck, um, Frank Reich kind of connection. Yeah. Like when yeah. you say the offense is humming, it's because Andrew Luck's being coached by a former quarterback, you know, a yep. quarterback. So. And, a, and a guy that just had his offense, you know, win the Super Bowl last year uh, with Philly. Mm-hmm. Um, he, you know, knows what he's doing. It took him a little while to, I think, get things sort of figured out, mm-hmm. but then, you know, they were able to go from there. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we mentioned it last episode, the first month of the season, Luck was barely attempting any passes 20 yards down the field. Mm-hmm. And then Rack was like, okay, well, your shoulder's fine. Let's open it up. And yeah. then they, you know, totally flipped the script. Um, and there, you would talk about a team I know KC and the Rams and the Saints get a lot of love, rightfully so. Mm-hmm. But you want to talk about a team that doesn't need to worry about kicking a lot of field goals. I mean, the Colts are getting touchdowns mm-hmm. most of their drives. And when they don't, they've got Vinatieri to rely on, which is pretty pretty nice ace in the hole too, right? Yeah, Chicago so, could have used Vinatieri in the last game. Uh, Chicago could have used uh, almost Anybody. any other kicker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like Dixon, the, the punter for Seattle, they could have used him. Um, yeah. Anyway, so while while I am picking the Chiefs, I'll be pulling for the Colts. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So if KC and New England meet AFC Championship, yeah, and it's going to be it's in KC. If it were in Foxborough, I'd probably pick New England. I mean, it'd be a fool based on history to pick against them. Yeah, um, I would think in that game, um, something of the Andy Reid, you know, clock <laughs> management thing would come uh-huh. to play. Yeah, um, mainly because it's all Craig would be talking about during the entire game. <laughs> what time is it, Andy? What time is it? Literally, some, every, somehow, like you, the vibrations would like somehow I, penetrate. You would think like Andy Reid ever did anything to the Patriots that like Craig does like dislikes them so much. But anyway, I think it's because he fears them. Because I think I he think fear so. them this year. But, yeah. yeah, I mean, this is probably what the this is the most human Patriots team we've ever seen, um, and they're still you know. In the Brady area. hosting, they're still hosting playoff games uh, in the in the playoffs. So that tells you what it tells you. Um, if if it were to come down to that matchup, I would still pick the Patriots because to me it's, hey, like Chiefs. I know you're the you're the new hotness and you got all this stuff and you know your quarterback threw for five thousand yards and fifty touchdowns and all this madness. But um, who cares? Because if you have the ball last, you're gonna lose. Like, or if you don't, excuse me, if the other team has the ball last, you're going to lose the same way New England beat them earlier in the year is mm-hmm. just, just keep, just keep, you know, playing. If you play the clock management game yeah, and you're playing Burn the game, yeah, you're playing Andy Reid against Bill Belichick. What do you, who do you think yeah. has the, uh, the upper hand here? That's true. Yeah. I would say Belichick's 20% better co- coach than Reid. Yeah. And Mahomes is maybe a, I mean, it's not a better quarterback than Brady kind of overall. He's definitely hotter this year. Uh, he's, more he's, playing at a, he's playing at a higher level this year. That's, that's yeah, I don't think anyone, fair, yeah. you know, uh, Craig he's aside Craig. is going to, you know. Um, <laughs> but no, I think uh, also. So you're, taking, so you're taking the Pats in this game. In yeah. The KC New England, yeah. Yeah. Right. 
Yeah, I'll I'll just I'll have to I'll have to go with KC. Just, yeah, so just for the sake of rooting interest. Yeah, not that I'd ever be rooting for New England. <laughs> let, the, let the record show. <laughs> right, right. Okay, so it's you and Val saying that New England's going to win. It's me. Well, it's you, Val, and Craig really that's saying mm-hmm. New England's going to win, and me saying KC's going to win. AFC Championship. Should we move over to the NFC? Sure. All right. So we got uh, Dallas and the Rams in the undercard. Um, yeah. Um, this one I feel like has maybe the most uh, – it's hard to say if this is the game that has the most to talk about in it because what the Eagles are doing I think is still like just beyond – it's beyond noteworthy too. Mm-hmm. But this this game has a lot of angles to it, right? Mm-hmm. You've got the Cowboys who are just kind of like, hey, we've got this defense and we're willing to roll with it and you, we're going to make you stop Zeke and we're going to – they're using him in different ways. I mean, he led the league in rushing. Mm-hmm. He had almost 80 catches on the year. Yeah. Like they're, they're running their entire offense through him. And then when they want to break your back, they start doing zone read stuff with Dak and pumping the ball to Mari Cooper. Like they got yeah. just enough – just enough of a of a boost from getting Amari Cooper that you have to respect their entire offense now. Mm-hmm. Um, and and with the way that defense is working, they're like, hey, what do we got to do? Score twenty points? I think we can do that. You know, that's mm-hmm. that's how that's how I think they they operate. Um, versus the Rams, who like, I mean, they almost took the last month of the season off. Is is yeah. the way I see it? Like whether it was stinker matchups that they just didn't show up for or games that they sat people or whatever mm-hmm. else plus a bye week like i feel like we haven't seen the real rams team in like six weeks yeah and so if you know the rams team that was an absolute ferrari during the year shows up mm-hmm. um they can put some pressure on the cowboys defense yeah. because you want to talk about um versatile enough offense to make all those linebackers cover um, make Demarcus Lawrence have to go through like an absolute marathon to get to the quarterback mm-hmm. um, and then go breakneck speed, you know, no huddle down the field. The Rams can do all of that. Right. Mm-hmm. But it's all predicated on is Todd Gurley healthy? Is he back mm-hmm. to normal? And if he is, did they learn anything from last year from, from that game against the Falcons where they kind of just like got punched in the mouth and never really found a way to respond. Um, because teams were like, hey, Goff, you beat us. We'll stop Gurley. We'll, mm-hmm. The whole defense will tackle him. And then Goff has to beat us. Mm-hmm. If that's Dallas's game plan, it's going to come down to Goff. And well, we've seen that Dallas can stop a running game. Yeah. I mean, not to, you know, Seattle's running game. I mean, it was the best in the NFL by you know, the number of yards that were gained. But I wouldn't right. say that Seattle has a better running game than right. LA. You know what I mean? Right. Like, right. Um, they definitely don't have the running back. And um, I don't know. I, it's, it's an interesting one because it's, I just think, you know, like Dallas, they only beat Seattle by two points mm-hmm. and the Rams are a much better team than Seattle was this year. Yeah. Um, so I think it's like, they're kind of, it's a different class of competition almost. I mean, it's Seattle was good. They like they had a good season, but they're, they're not the Rams, you know, the Rams yeah. had a great season. So I think it's, it might come down to like, you're saying like rust, yeah. you know, like maybe it takes them the first half to get going. Yeah, but if they, you know, if they click it back into gear, I don't think Dallas can keep up. Yeah, and and da- Dallas rightfully so. The defense, especially, they got a huge boost in that Saints game. 
But mm-hmm. I think the Saints had some linemen hurt that game too, mm-hmm. where it was like, you know, just they weren't at full strength, I don't think. Um, and uh, obviously, you know, that's not an excuse. That's just reality. Yeah. Um, but like, you know, a fully healthy, I think that's why the rest factor comes into, is going to come into play here. Mm-hmm. If everyone's fully healthy on the Rams, then mm-hmm. it's like, you know, then you're playing chess versus checkers. You know, it's, it's, yeah. it's just a different game entirely. So we'll have to see um, what happens and, and what, what they decide to do. Um, I would pick, I'm picking the Rams in this one. Yeah. Um, I know I keep switching, keep going to the home team. It's really boring, but um, realistically, um, Dallas on the road is, is slightly worse than they are at home, you know, at least in terms of like how they usually play. And, and then like everything you said, you know, it's, they're playing a different caliber of team, mm-hmm. um, a different, a more, a more diverse offense and um, a better play caller. You know, it's kind of like all of the, all of the positives you can get um, to nullify Dallas's strength currently, mm-hmm. which is, you know, their defense. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, I'd take the Rams as well. I mean, I I have faith that they're going to kind of be able to turn it back on. Mm. Um, You know, it's playoff football. I mean, I think they'll rise to the occasion. So that leaves us with uh, the number one seed, number six seed in the NFC. Your boy Drew Brees versus Nick Foles' magic. Man, how does Foles keep doing it? I I don't don't know. know. I don't know. But, uh, you know – we were talking about this during Wild Card Weekend, right? I was like, "Man, the Bears' defense is so good, and Trubisky's playing pretty well, and their uh, their their head coach, you know, play call and play caller, like, seemed to really hit his stride. Like all of these, like, positive, 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 positive things, right? And then at the end, you're like, but you just can't pick against the Eagles right now with that mm-hmm. mojo they've got, and it's always the team that needs the three wins to get into the Wild Card that." then wins the wild card and they have all this crazy momentum. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't care if they're home or away. Their, their game script translates. Um, I think this is really going to come down to whether or not the Saints can, can, um, can take the ball away or not. I don't think this is going to be, hey, like who has the ball last, like shoot out this, shoot out that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's going to be who can, who can force turnovers. Yeah. Um, is it Fletcher Cox uh, against Drew Brees or is it, you know, Cam Jordan, uh, Marshawn Lattimore, you know, several other guys for the Saints. Um, yeah, it's been a, it's a, been an interesting season for New Orleans because they've there was a point there was a time when they looked just unbeatable. I mean, they were rolling yeah. like the Rams or KC did kind of at their peak this season. Yeah. And then there were other other t- games where teams slowed them way down. You know, yeah, they almost stopped them. And they you know they lost a couple games. So yeah, um, you know it's. Philly, Philly, they're defending champs. They deserve yeah. some respect. You know, like they, they aren't the champs because they're chumps. Yeah. <laughs> so you know, they they could, they could, you know, read the tape and kind of come up with a formula to to slow down the Saints' offense. Well, interior pass rush, you know, it uh, it wrecks everything. And mm-hmm. they've got Fletcher Cox, who yeah. outside of Aaron Donald, mm-hmm. I mean, you're talking about those are the two best DTs probably in football. Mm-hmm. Um, and with, with Fletcher Cox's the ankle, uh, excuse me, the anchor, um, all the rest of the pass rushers just feed off of him yeah. and he doesn't take a playoff. That guy is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. So if he's able to like, just start getting in Breeze's face and mm-hmm. disrupt their screen game and whatnot, because what we've said about new Orleans over the years is still relatively true. 
um, in that they're a finesse offense. It's timing, it's screens, it's this whole symphony of motion and all this stuff that's like just amazing to watch when it's rolling. But you can disrupt it. You look what Dallas did. All injuries or whatever aside, I just mentioned. Kamara got the ball. They popped him. Ingram mm-hmm. got the ball. They popped him. They were like, yeah. "We're gonna, we're gonna hit you guys straight in the mouth, and we're gonna see if you can like mm-hmm. just shrug it off and keep going." So, what do you think Philly's gonna do with that edge and attitude and everything that they have from last year that's carrying over to this year? Yeah. They're gonna be their pads are gonna be talking this game, mm-hmm. and and it's gonna be up to the Saints to take those first couple like punches mm-hmm. and then be like, yeah, but we've got counter punches. We, we can figure this out. So I think Philly's going to come out fast mm-hmm. and New Orleans might even come out a little slow, but mm-hmm. they kind of got to just play the long game and maybe wear down that pass rush a little bit, try and get it, you know, figure out ways to my, my key for this one is if they can figure out the right ways to use Kamara and Ingram on the field at the same time, and just really put stress on Philly's defense. Because mm-hmm. um, you can run Kamara straight out of the slot. He's mm-hmm. a good enough receiver to do that. The question is, do you do that enough times early on and risk him getting like wrecked by someone because mm-hmm. he's coming out of the slot, Philly's going to be chasing him down and coming after him? Mm-hmm. Um, and then translate. Then can you translate um, from that into, okay, Ingram off tackle, he starts bruising, he starts running downhill, you kind of have to do that because Philly, you saw it a little bit in the Chicago game uh, when Allen Robinson just started getting going with uh, with Trubisky back shoulders and, you know, go routes and stuff. He was just kind of starting to take over the game. Um, If New Orleans can just kind of wait to like thoroughly unleash Michael Thomas, Mm -hmm. then they can control this game, but they're going to have to like play into the running game kind of hand first to lull Philly to sleep enough. And then Michael Thomas down the field, I think is going to be the backbreaker if they can hit it. Yeah. I'm kind of thinking if they can, you know, Philly can take away Michael Thomas, the, you know, there aren't a lot of other receivers that have done much this year for New Orleans. So um, like that's going to make it a lot harder for them. They're going to play the really patient kind of dink and dunk, you know, put together long, you know, 15 play drives in order to score. Yeah. Um, And that's hard to do. I mean, they're, they are, you know, they have Drew Brees. They could do it, but yeah. it makes it that much more difficult for them. Um, but Michael Thomas is having a year kind of like – reminds me a lot of like Larry Fitzgerald in – was it 2008 or 2009 when, the, when they went to the Super Bowl, the uh, Cardinals. You know, yeah. they're just like – the man's hands are ridiculous. Yeah, you just can't cover him. Yeah. yeah well, anywhere Fitz, near him, he, he catches it. That, that particular playoff, I mean, Fitz was like – he literally was like Jerry Rice. He was yeah. like – or, or, or Randy Moss or, like, any dominant receiver you want to talk about, mm-hmm. um, he was uncoverable for, yeah. I mean, the whole run. Even in the Super Bowl, he had crazy, crazy stats. Um, so, yeah, I think Michael Thomas uh, can be that guy. And while Philly's defense has been playing so much better um, and, and in a lot of different ways, their corners are, I think, their main weakness. So mm-hmm. you're telling me – you've got Drew Brees and all this stuff and Michael Thomas and mm-hmm. Sean Payton and, and you're at home and you've got the crowd and everything mm-hmm. and their biggest weakness is corners. Yeah. Like I think I would think that New Orleans could take advantage of that. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, New Orleans is in the Super Bowl last year if it wasn't for a, a, a missed tackle. Right. Yeah. Granted right. that was an amazing play by Minnesota, but they did everything else right that mm-hmm. game to, to win. Yeah. So 
you know, the, the Philly magic, we'll have to see um, if it, if it can keep rolling, but I, 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 I don't personally trust it. I'm I'd pick yeah. New Orleans in this game. Yeah, I would too. Um, which again, like I said, boring everywhere. I've picked every home team so far, <laughs> but as we talk through the, the reality of it, I mean, Foles and the, and the Eagles keep just finding ways, but yeah. I also feel like, um, I can, off the top of my head, I'm not remembering all of the teams that they played last year, but just using this year as an example, I mean, Bears probably the best defense in football. Mm-hmm. That was a defensive game, 16-15, right? Mm-hmm. Saints are a good enough defense, sometimes very good, sometimes susceptible, kind of mm-hmm. not sure. But comparing the two defenses, I think the Saints defense is still majoritively better than Phillies. Mm-hmm. So if you're talking about an offense that's much better than mm-hmm. Chicago's and a defense that's obviously lesser than Chicago's, but, you know, not, they're not trash. Mm -hmm. It kind of evens things out, right? So if Philly can go from winning a 16-15 game against the defense to maybe somehow, let's say, winning this game like 31-28 or Mm 38-31, then, yeah, Philly's got all of the mojo and all of the everything they're ever going to need to to repeat. But I just don't think they – I just don't think they can can keep up against New Orleans. Yeah, I think think that's true, especially – in the Superdome. Yeah. Um, all right. So that leaves it with New Orleans and uh, LA Rams. Who would, who do you got in New Orleans? That would be insane. Um, yeah. First of all, that'd be, a, that'd be an awesome game to watch. Uh, yeah. All things considered. Well, it's one that, of those things where we could end up, I mean, it's very often the case where the championship weekend is. Is the best games. Yeah. yeah. The best games, yeah. like better than the Super Bowl. Yeah. And I feel like that's most often the case. Mm-hmm. Um, if that were the case, though, I would I would probably also pick New Orleans over the Rams, um, really just because I think you're kind of looking at the – it's like the the future versus the present, right? It's mm-hmm. like the, the Rams have everything that the Saints, like, do right now, but the Rams just have younger versions of everything, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, for the most part. Um, younger play caller, younger quarterback, you know, you know obviously Kamara is still very young, but it's not like, you know, Gurley's they're, 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 you know, comparable. Right. Mm-hmm. But I think um, the Rams are just kind of going to be that team that goes through growing pains and then learns from it. And then goes through growing pains and then learns from it, like mm-hmm. kind of over the course of a couple seasons. Mm-hmm. Um, so I could see the Rams learning from last year, getting the, getting the monkey off their back for, for getting a win, you know, um, in, in this round and then, and then getting to New Orleans and just kind of, you know, playing against a better team maybe and, and getting, getting kind of humbled because the version of the Rams that we saw over the last couple of weeks, I mean, they might not even be able to beat Dallas. If we're talking about, we're mm-hmm. talking about their, the peak version of them showing up in order to beat Dallas. Yeah, so sure. if anything less than that comes out and they still wind up beating Dallas, whatever version of that is not beating New Orleans. Yeah. So they've got to be at full strength, full speed ahead, like all systems go mm-hmm. in order for them to, to win either or both of these games. So I just don't, I just don't foresee that happening. Because um, mm-hmm. when it comes down to it, um, while he's had a good year for the most part, Goff's looked pretty human over the last mm-hmm. couple weeks, couple games. And um, I just think it comes down to that versus – Drew Brees making throws versus Goff making throws. Well, yeah, if it comes yeah. down to that, yeah, I think uh, pretty clear. It's, it's yeah. funny how this happens a lot in the NFL where 
Like, you know, some team starts – it's actually been KC, you know, several seasons where they start off really fast because they've had all offseason to kind of scheme up these kind of oh, yeah. plays and stuff. Yeah. And then teams figure it out. They study the tape. They're like, oh, okay, I see what they're doing. We can actually neutralize that by doing this, you know. Like, and yeah. I feel like the Rams are hitting a wall a little bit with that where McVay had, you know, has, has always like creative play designs. And they're, you know, they're pretty innovative. The rest of the league starts copying them, and then they're like, yeah. well, we're practicing against this. Yeah, we can stop that in the game. Yeah. So. Yeah, I no, I agree. I, I would pick New Orleans to, to go on, too. Um, and partly because, you know, if uh, New Orleans and my pick KC actually make it to the Super Bowl, I'd much rather see that than I would a repeat of the Rams-KC. Uh, game you know I mean it was that was an amazing game but I feel like we already saw that like we kind of you know we well, had that I, experience where they scored a thousand points <laughs> if if the league has anything to do with it then the Rams KC is exactly what they want right um, yeah but uh you know uh, that, that that remains to be seen um I I think it's uh it's likely like we're the way if it plans if it plays out the way we're talking about you know and it's the Saints against the Patriots mm-hmm. I mean that still has plenty of cachet for the uh oh my god for the nfl right they're the best it's, quarterbacks ever yeah they're both super they're both two of the um, best coaches ever two you know and they're they're the the quarterbacks are getting up there you don't know how much longer they either of them are going to be around yep. um they're both kind of chasing their own legacies right mm-hmm. like brady wants more rings than anybody um <laughs> he wants one for the toe or whatever you know yeah and uh breeze you know for whatever like you know obviously already a hall of famer um with mm-hmm. all the stats and stuff that he's done and as his ring, but getting one more, you know, just obviously cements it even further. So it's kind of like it's when it's about legacy versus about who's trying to take the throne in a, in a KC or LA Rams version. It's like, you know, it's going to be interesting to see who who can kind of, who can kind of survive this whole thing. Um, yeah. But if that were the case, I mean, Sean Payton's shown he's got, he's no shortage of mojo in, in the big game anyway. Right. Like, mm-hmm. People still talk about that that onside kick mm-hmm. against Indy and and everything that he did. So, I would have to say if if the Saints can make it, they can win it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it'd be it'd be an interesting. I actually I'd really kind of relish the KC New Orleans matchup. Just like the young gun who like stole the MVP from Breeze again. Yeah, that thing you know like there's be some storylines there too. That'd be fun. Um, yeah. And it could be the ultimate, the ultimate, you know, shrug um, um, by uh, Breeze if he's like, "Yeah, take the MVP. I'll take a ring." Right. <laughs> but I actually think Norris would have more trouble with KC than they would with New England. Yeah, I mean, I just think the versatility of KC's offense. We've already, you know, mm-hmm. uh, we've, I feel like we, you, we could talk about it every week. It's still true. It's, yeah. it's not like it goes anywhere. <laughs> um, they lost Kareem Hunt, and they pretty much, you know. It took them a little while to to figure out how to bounce things back out, but I mean they're still getting very good production out of Damian Williams and Spencer Ware. Um, and you know they're like, hey, whatever, we'll throw it a little more. Big deal, yeah, big right. deal for us, right? <laughs> All right, so yeah. All right, well I guess we've decided everything. We don't even need to watch now. Just, we already made our bird. We That's already decided point. everything. So. I know that that's not true for me after this last weekend. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It's just like, I actually kind of got to the point where in the last game of the weekend, I was really hoping the Philly would win just so I would have a clean sweep. A clean clean over. Yeah. Over four. 
last weekend. So when it clunked and then clunked again, a doink doink. Yeah. That was um I felt bad for the kicker, but it was ruled a block. It was a blo- it was it was tipped. Yeah. It was tipped, yeah. Um and and you know, it's sort of the uh I, I don't know if I'm overly like sympathetic sometimes for stuff like this, but it's like he made the first one. Like <laughs> you know, it's not like he like doinked both and they iced him and oh what all this stuff. It's like now he cashed money the first one, mm-hmm. but it's the icing the kicker thing. And I was surprised a little bit to see, aside from all the like just straight, you know, heat that uh, Twitter was giving him. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's some people, uh, some some people in the media uh, as well, just talking about how icing the kicker, they're kind of like, like, is this really still like strategy? Is it, is it really like you save your timeout or you forget that you have one and, all of a sudden it helps you in the end because you can ice this guy kind of like, you know, um, some people were equating it to the rule we've talked about a lot, which is the losing control of the ball when you're hitting the pylon rule, which to me is fumbling out of the end zone. Yeah. Yeah. To me that and, and pass interference, you know, um, are some of the ones that really need to get revisited, but Mm -hmm. I don't know if they ever will. Um, but, uh, uh, some folks were really, it was, it was interesting to me. Like they were really like, correlating the two you know like mm-hmm. oh like calling a timeout that's like it's like if you and i thought of this example right away and i was like if we're playing against each other in madden mm-hmm. and i'm about to kick it and you pause before i kick it <laughs> that's gonna throw me off you know like this yeah and that's essentially what they're doing right again, but they can't yeah, they can't say it's called another timeout but no right but it's like it's the same thing right you're like uh-huh. uh hey no we're not yeah and then you have to just reset and do all that again you know it's mm-hmm. It's an interesting point. I don't know if it'll ever get to uh, the point where it's like, quote, unquote, actually illegal. But yeah. Well, in this I case, was, I mean, he timed it really well. He actually basically made him kick it twice, which yeah. percentage-wise means you have a greater chance that he's going to miss it. You know, it's like yeah. as a coach, you have to do everything you can to maximize the percentages. Oh, yeah. Win, oh, yeah. So. And, I mean, we've both been watching football long enough to remember before icing the kicker was, was a thing. And through, through it being a thing now, um, it was Mike Shanahan that started this whole thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, in Denver, he was just like, you know, he did it before a half, I think, against someone, and like they missed it, and everyone's like, "Oh, he iced him, oh, all this stuff," and uh-huh. then it turned into like, "Hey, every coach needs to like prepare for these moments where you can ice the guy." Yeah. Sometimes it works. Who knows? It, if it's I think it works. I think it does work more than enough for teams to still try it. Well, it's definitely worth. It's like the only thing you have left in your arsenal at that point right. of the game. Right. So. You might as well, right? Yeah. Um, I just still felt bad for him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, since we're since we're kind of just uh, free, uh, free. Ta- uh, we're 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 we're, we're, uh, free. we're free falling. Um, <laughs> uh, from topic to topic here, did you hear about this stuff with Aaron Rodgers and Mike McCarthy with McCarthy um, calling in plays? And Rogers just disregarding it and basically constructing his own play in the huddle, saying like, "Hey, like, you know, Devontae drawing, drawing plays in the dirt." Essentially, he's like, "Devontae, give me like a fifteen and a dig, and then uh-huh. you go across and you go down and you go like, you know, like all this stuff, and then just calling a play and throwing a touchdown." Um, yeah, you know, I, know. It, I didn't, I didn't actually hear much about that stuff, but I, yeah. I was reading a little today about the new coach in Green Bay. Oh um, yeah, there's a there's a lot of. Uh, 
lot of jokes flying around about that too. It's like oh, really? anyone that's even like shared the same air as Sean McVay is going to get interviews now. <laughs> yeah. Cause people well, are so he, desperate. But then there's these questions of like, he was, he should have been next in line after Shanahan in Atlanta, right? To be the OC. Is that right? So uh, LaFleur and Shanahan and McVay were all on the same staff in Washington. Okay. So I think people were just saying like, okay, well, you had all these coaches come from like that staff. Like mm-hmm. why did it take so long for LaFleur to, to get his shot? Um, he, I think had he stayed with the Rams, um, he bolted kind of quickly. Um, they had the explosion last year with our offense. Mm-hmm. And then I was surprised not only did he leave, I thought he was going to stay um, and wait for an opportunity like this to come up mm-hmm. um, or, or just a head coaching opportunity in general. But not only did he bolt, he bolted for another offensive coordinator job mm-hmm. and it was in Tennessee. And I was like, is it just because you want to work with a young quarterback? I don't really like if was it he because went, he wanted to call plays because McVay calls plays. And that could have been it. That could have been it. But um, I mean, just being associated with that offense was, I think, enough to at least maybe garner him uh, a couple of interviews. Right. It's sure. like, yeah, you know, um, there's plenty of guys that come from that have come from Andy Reid's tree mm-hmm. that they shared play calling, right? He always has ultimate veto power. They would kind of co-build the game plan mm-hmm. um, and, you know, kind of manage it together throughout the game. And, you know, Doug Peterson, Matt Nagy, a couple, you know, plenty of guys, um, you know, they've been able to just kind of get their own head coaching gigs. So a little interested to see the route that LeFleur took, but I don't know. There's a, there's a lot to be said for being um, – kind of on the younger side of, uh, of the offensive football now mm-hmm. where it's like, you know, you've got these quarterbacks, even though you've got um, Rogers getting up there in years a little bit, um, you know, someone that can like really look at it from his level of like, Hey, like here's some fun stuff we can do on offense. Let's go. Mm-hmm. Let's see how it works. Versus like McCarthy, who apparently was a little bit more of like a dictator and like, mm-hmm. you know, this is the play. This is my call. We run this, you know, um, well, versus, that, that offense w- with McCarthy was a little like it was a little maybe antiquated too. Is that, is that true? I mean, it's, it's, it's a West Coast offense. It's what Rodgers knows through and through. Yeah. But um, I think that is part of the reason that he felt confident enough to be like, yeah, um, I don't really need you to call plays, dude. I just <laughs> need you like. Just- so I wonder, you know, like part of the reason he's like was dissatisfied with McCarthy, like he's looking around the league and he's seeing these create these young head coaches with yeah. these creative offenses. And he's like, I want to do that. Yeah. Get, get this guy out of here. Let me get, like, give me somebody like that. Yeah. You know, and, like and maybe I'm, he was actually kind of involved in getting Lafleur, you know, an interview anyway. I don't know. I mean, it's, it's, you know, I think the best example I can think of for this is, uh, is, Le, is like LeBron James in basketball, like mm-hmm. head coaching decisions don't get made without your best player being involved. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and um, I, I definitely think anyone that was involved in the decision had to go to, Rodgers and be like because what like full 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 like assumption here um what do you think the probability was of them getting a defensive head coach zero zero yeah. absolutely zero right <laughs> no one was Vance Joseph is not walking through that door right no, no. Nothing, none of that's happening right Marvin Lewis no. there's no chance <laughs> there's no chance right so I mean I think that tells you enough of like who yeah. was like really who who's really getting a vote in in this mm-hmm. right so, um, I don't know. It'll be, it'll be interesting to see. Uh, a lot of the credit that people have been giving to McVeigh over the last two years 
not just the brand of offense that he brings or the enthusiasm or his crazy memory that he's, that's just ridiculous. Yeah. It's the fact that he can talk to the players like uh, at like a, mm-hmm. it's a, there's a, there's like a, a kinsmanship kind of between them because like mm-hmm. he's a young dude. He's not like some yeah. guy that's like 10 or 15 or 20 years older than the quarterback. Right? Baby boomer guy, yeah. <laughs> just <laughs> angry all the time. Yeah. Um, no, I think, I think um, I'll, I'll conjecture side of what we're saying. I think McCarthy's time in Green Bay was relatively done anyway, because they were losing games in, in just the, the worst type of ways, right? Like, yeah. you know, like, Hey, just don't return the ball out of the end zone. And Rogers gets, a minute and a half and you know we get the we get the win um and the guy takes it out of the end zone yeah the guy was pissed off Ty Montgomery was pissed off or whatever but mm-hmm. it's like those things don't happen to other coaches most of the time right mm-hmm. so I think he lost the team he lost the locker room yeah and um the other you know uh things just kind of like spun. it was last century when they won the Super Bowl I mean it was yeah like forever ago so yeah yeah I think it, that you know I don't I don't blame him for moving on um uh I don't know. I do think it's like a, they probably waited too long, if, if anything. Yeah. Um, kind of wasted a few good years with Rodgers. Uh, well, I mean, probably, yeah. Probably something yeah. new. So. Yeah. And uh, you lose years with him getting hurt. I mean, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it does, it does kind of turn. The, the, I guess that uh, the LeBron James example maybe is getting more true by the minute. Mm. It's like <laughs> all that time he spent in Cleveland, they got one ring out of it, which is good for wow. them, all right. that. But it's like, you had Rodgers this whole time and you got one ring? Like, yeah, right. You know, it's kind of rough. Brady himself said if he were in New England, he'd be winning, he'd be throwing for 10,000 yards. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, right. Yeah. And there's sound bites after the, the New England and Green Bay game where Belichick like seeks him out and is like, you're the best. Like, you're, you're, the, you're, the, you're the best. And wow. I mean, I, I don't know if Rodgers was saying it to Belichick first. Like, Hey, you're the you know you're the man. You're the best, whatever. And he was just like, no, 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 you're the best. Like they're just showing each other love. I don't know, yeah. but I mean, you know, Belichick's probably using it as a motivational tool anyway. But uh, <laughs> yeah, he's probably just trying to get under Brady's skin. Yeah, probably. He's like, um, hey, guess what? Um, no, but I mean, I think when you're the player of that level, um, it's really just like Brady will tell you Rogers is better. Rogers will tell you Brady's better. There's just yeah, like sure. respect flying around. Yeah, because um, Belichick used to do that with Ed Reed, right? Like he'd like. Yeah, well, like we, we can't like you're, you change games. Like you just kind of like yeah. defer to him or something. Yeah, and there are very very few people you do that with. But that's true. Yeah, that's once you get his respect, you kind of do. Um, mm-hmm. uh, I don't know if this is the same jumping off point, but um, um, I guess respect is kind of what triggered it. Uh, what the hell is going on in Pittsburgh? Like, no <laughs> one, no one wants to play there anymore everyone's like jettison like yeah. they i mean don't get me wrong like most steelers fans that i know are some of the most annoying fans <laughs> on the earth but like you got bell choosing to sit out partially for money but all or mostly for money sure mm-hmm. but yeah. i mean he's also just saying like i don't i don't have to care about you know this team or these guys mm-hmm. and his old his old lineman like turned on him right away it was like a mm-hmm. it was like a line something out of wwe he got double crossed <laughs> and uh then like antonio brown used to be the model of like oh awesome receiver never causes a problem always having a good time put up huge numbers gets his payday shows up to work all that stuff and now he's like yeah i'm not no i'm leaving practice um i'm not i don't know i mean he didn't he start off the season by he f- 
kind of flew into training camp in a helicopter. Yep. He's got some ego. That guy. Sure. Sure. And, sure. And I think what I read was that he was pissed off at the, the rest of the players voted Juju as the MVP on the team oh, yeah. over him. And that's yeah. what got under his skin. You know, that his own teammates didn't recognize that he was, you know, the most valuable person on the team. Interesting. Um, which, you know, I mean, receivers are stereotypically pretty mer- mercurial and have the egos and stuff. So I could see why that would be a, you know, because he's been doing it for years, whereas Juju, he's a great player and he might argue, arguably had a better season. I mean, um, AB had more touchdowns, but Juju had more catches in the yards, I think. Uh, yeah. So, but, you know, for the, for, for the locker room to turn on him, he's probably just like, screw you guys. Yeah, yeah. It's interesting, though. It's like. Well, the rumors that Ben was taking shots at him in meetings or something, something like so, that. So, I don't know. I mean, I've never been a huge, like, Roethlisberger supporter um, yeah. for, for various reasons. Mm-hmm. But, uh, um, you know, I, it, just, it just seems like Tomlin chose a side. Right or the team chose a side, and Roethlisberger maybe is better at being a teammate indoors uh, or in the inside the walls uh, than Brown is or whatever. I don't know, but it's just weird to me. Like you got this team yeah. that, if all the pieces are there, their offense is right up there with everyone we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, they've got the firepower to. I mean, they could go and they could challenge New England. They could challenge KC. They could do all this, and there's just like this. I don't know sense of like, uh, hey. Uh, we'll just replace you. Like, mm-hmm. you oh, you're Le'Veon Bell. We'll go get James Conner, and he'll yeah. end up being, you know, he has his fumbling issues to worry about still, but still, obviously, a very good player and did mm-hmm. did pretty well all year. Yeah. Um. Hey, you're Antonio Brown. You're you're this crazy good uh, productive wide receiver. Well, we'll just get a luxury value pick in Juju, and he turns into the MVP of the team, quote unquote, mm-hmm. right? And they just kind of like they'll let people go. I mean. Yeah. They had San Antonio Holmes be a um, Super Bowl MVP. Or was it was was he the MVP or was Roethlisberger? I can't remember. But well, he, he made the catch. He, he should have been. Yeah, the catch. Yeah, he made the catch to win the Super Bowl, and the next year he's not on the team. Yeah. I mean, the Steelers will do this. They'll be like, "Hey, you're either with us or you're not here." There's something. There's something like the Patriots do the same thing, right? But for some reason, it doesn't it doesn't fracture the locker room where it seems to in Pittsburgh. Yeah. Yeah, right. This is relative to an implosion in Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. There, I mean, there are 31 teams who are going to want Antonio Brown on their team. Yeah, that asking price is going to be substantial. Sure, sure. And he's going to want to go to a contender. I mean, he's not yeah. – I don't know, how old is he, 29 or something? Or like he's, he's thir- I believe he's, he turned 30 this year. But, I mean, he's not a guy that's taken a lot of, like, heavy shots. Um, yeah. He's still got, I'd say, easily three years of – elite level production ahead of him. So, you know, yeah, I guess he's not a, cause it's the speed guys that you worry about when they get older. He's more of a quick yeah. guy, right? He's going to, he, he gets separation. But he doesn't. Yeah. He's, he's that's more cool. of like, you know, get open in a phone booth. Yeah. yeah. Hello. Yeah. Hello. <laughs> phone call for Antonio Brown. So I've had, uh, uh, I've had a lot of people kind of wonder about this with like Antonio saying he wants to get traded. And there was a couple of days of like hot rumors that OBJ might've wanted to get traded to. Um, 
you know, for whatever reason, I, I don't think any of them were really substantial, but um, the conversation came up like, who would you rather have OBJ or, or AB? Hmm. And I mean, it's hard not to say AB just because of like what he's been able to do. But if he's 30 and maybe like you said, these diva tendencies are starting to mm-hmm. build up and or come out. Um, I don't know. I, I would, I would probably rather have OBJ because while he's shown to have his issues as well, I think those more translate to is the team winning? Is the team doing well? Is that, is, you know, is that the case or not? Yeah. I mean, other than him losing his shit with Norman on the field, mm-hmm. all of his other stuff to me, sideline antics and that were all predicated on the team was playing poorly. Mm-hmm. Right. Versus like Antonio Brown, the Steelers were a game away from the playoffs, right? They were almost in mm-hmm. um, and, you know, could have, could have made it if they didn't lay an egg here or there or slip and fall against Oakland or any of these, a couple other things that happened. Right. Um, so for him to be like, no, I don't want to, I don't need to be a part of this, whatever to a team that's like on the cusp of being a playoff team just kind of says to me that more of like, okay, well, I, at least I can believe that OBJ is like in it, you know, like, mm-hmm. So I, yeah, I don't yeah, know. invested in winning, I guess. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, he is younger, so that's a, that's a definite plus for him. Um, yeah. I don't know. AB has just been so productive, so consistent. It's hard not to just say AB. Yeah. I mean, what, and in these conversations, when anyone says AB, I'm like, yeah, there's no wrong answer in my opinion. Yeah, sure. you know? um, I would love for Seattle to pick up either one of those guys. <laughs> But I don't know that it's going to happen. Well, you're telling, me I, you're telling me I wouldn't love San Francisco to pick up either one of those guys yeah. with what with what Kyle Shanahan's already been able to do. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they'd probably uh, be wasted with uh, Marty. Sch- I mean, uh, Ryan Schottenheimer, <laughs> baby, baby Schottenheimer with ground Chuck or whatever we're running in Seattle. Yeah, um, <laughs> I don't know if they'd be happy with that level of targets. <laughs> yeah. Um. Anyway. Whew. What else? Anything else? What else should we be thinking about? Are we um, going to be? Uh, uh, should we invite all of our, all all four Craigs that are listening to our podcast to join us in Nashville for the NFL draft? Is that a thing we should do? That sounds like a great idea. Are we going to that? I don't know. Are we? <laughs> <laughs> well, let's see if we can get Who people on board to find out after we've had <laughs> same Slandigo time, <laughs> same Slandigo channel. <laughs> Same random interval between podcasts between two weeks or four months or nine months, whatever right. the intervals are. Anyway. Yeah. Going to the draft in Nashville would be great. It's going to take some extreme planning, but going to the draft in Vegas next year. Oh yeah. That's, that's a thing. That's definitely happening. Oh yeah. So that's only one, two, three, 15 months away. Just so, enough time to plan it. Just time enough for us to get a couple of more listeners. <laughs> yes. to actually have more than like just the two of us in Vegas. Yes. <laughs> I think Paul's in on that though, right? Like Paul's committed to that. We'll have to check. Maybe he's one of the listeners. Do you think Paul's I, listening? No, there's no, no way Paul's listening. No, I don't think he Paul's listening. <laughs> but I think he definitely. I mean, whether it's NFL draft or not, if you said, "Hey, Paul, let's go to Vegas," he'd be like, "Oh, oh yeah, yeah." He'd be like, "I'm already going." When you, he's when, like, what do you guys? I live there. I what are you guys going for? <laughs> yeah. So, but uh, no, I mean, we won't we won't dive fully into the draft. Um, obviously, yet there's plenty of time to talk about it. But um, yeah. we are we are do we are um, in store for a um, a pretty amazing first round, I think, because 
there's going to be more – I think there's going to be more defensive players drafted in the first round this year than in history. Mm-hmm. I think there's going to be – whatever that number is, I don't know. Yeah. Um, I think there's going to be more than that. Uh, there's yeah, there's just, only a couple of quarterbacks, right? And then there, – There might only be two. There could be three. It depends. And the combine will always dictate that and also just the, the, the nature of the position being as valuable as it is. Yeah. Um, but you're talking about maybe a couple of quarterbacks, like three max, definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, there could be some receivers. There's, there's a, some receivers to talk about here. There aren't a lot of running backs in the, in the top end um, mm-hmm. necessarily. And there's like, you know, your normal smattering of alignment. But, I mean, out of, you know, 32 teams – I think uh, there could easily be 20, 25, maybe even mm-hmm. defensive players. Um, just because there's, there's a ton of pass rushers, there's D tackles, there's at least one, if not two, stud, stud middle linebackers, like immediate starter impact guys. Mm-hmm. Um, there aren't a lot of safeties, but there are plenty of corners. So there's, there's just a lot. I mean, I know even if it's 50% or more, that'll end up being a lot. Um, mm-hmm. But I think uh, there's going to be a ton. I mean, if it was, if half the teams took defensive players, that would, that would probably be a record, right? Yeah. I would assume that's somewhere near and or at the record of whatever the highest it, number yeah. of defensive would, players is. First round seems like it's usually about two thirds offensive players. Yeah. Um, so yeah, if it went half or more, yeah, that's, that's pretty unprecedented. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, have to actually look up some real stats on that. Um, yeah. But uh, that's interesting, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, the, the league more and more, I mean, we've talked about it before a couple times. It's the passing game and rushing the passer. I mean, those are the right. things that matter. Right. Um, and this is this, – this at least first uh, 10 <clears throat> or 15 so, or so picks, it's going to be littered with pass rushers. So mm-hmm. if you don't have one, you're going to be trying to get one. If you have one, you might always get another one. Like, it's just mm-hmm. kind of, you know – just sort of the, the name of the game. Yeah, I feel like D-line is a place where you want as much depth as possible. Yep. Those guys get tired. End of the yep. game. You want it, worked, it worked for Philly last year, right? Have, have uh, you know, the, 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 Jim, the Jim Schwartz approach, just rotating lines, kind of like hockey line change style. Yeah. Um, and you just keep guys fresh. Yep, yep. Cool. All right, plenty of time to talk about that. Let's All right. Make it a wrap. Um, this has been the Slant and Go Find us on Twitter at, at the Slant and Go, not surprisingly, on Tumblr at the Slant and Go Tumblr dot com, and uh, now we're on iTunes, and we're kind of on Google Podcasts. Although I'm having a dispute with them. Oh no, I love Google. Google's my favorite company. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we'll get that worked out. We'll get all the episodes up there. There's some episodes up there. Anyway, um, what else? Where else are we? Instagram. We're on Instagram. Yeah. Proper branding, folks. Very important. <laughs> and you can, you can find all of this by going to theslantandgo.com. So, um, yeah. Thanks for listening, Craig, 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 and Craig. Thank we you. Can, well, thank, thank you. Thank if that's not you. who you are, then hit us up on Twitter and tell us who you actually are. Yeah, we'd love to know. Um, yeah. There's not that many of you, so you're not going to be taking up too much of our time. So. Yeah, and we'll also just find you, too. <laughs> wow i'm kidding uh, <laughs> dark really fast. <laughs> <laughs> no i um uh, uh i think we've been able to uh to expand on things over the last like couple months and i mean all in all we're still in the playoffs but it's like this has been a fun year already of just making sure we do this more often and mm-hmm. you know here we are in the playoffs round one that's right we're doing an episode 
Then we're on two. We'll do another one. This is going to be crazy. That's nuts. We've I know. never done that before. It's unprecedented. No, we haven't. I think that's why, without thinking about it, we already went through like the playoffs and what we think is going to happen. We're like, I don't yeah, know if I can trust gonna, it. I don't, I don't know if I can trust that we're going to come months. back. Yeah, I don't know. All right. <laughs> I'll see you after the Super Bowl, Noor. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, cool. Well, hey, it's been been fun, and uh, we'll catch you next time. Cheers, team. Right on.